Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Grumpy Ryan. Hey. Made that lawn yet? I, I, I actually haven't. It was <laughs> raining at the weekend, to be fair. Well, if you haven't got an electric lawnmower, you can mow it the petrol one. You don't have to worry about the rain. Yeah, but I don't want to spend more money on a mower. Petrol ones are Goats, great. Ryan. Goats. 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 But then, uh, we've talked about this. <laughs> it's not yeah, going to work. Yeah, they It's all going to work. Go with me. Goat with me. <laughs> Go with me. <laughs> uh, that's the voice of Jesse. All right. I, it might be Justin. It's, it's a very American accent. You can't tell. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Speaking back for his second appearance, it's my goalkeeping Marge Proops. It's uh, Justin Bryant. How you doing? Hello. Doing fine. Cool. Excellent. Right. This week we're going to be talking about the Champions League, uh, Premier League, uh, the Europa Green. If anyone saw Everton last night, um, oh, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, any Luco. Are we all happy with that? With all of that? Well, not happy. Are we <laughs> okay yeah, with the I'm... content? Happy is maybe the wrong word. <laughs> Pleased with the content of the podcast, Chris. Yes. There we there go. go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, right, we'll start on Tuesday night. We'll start with the happy news. Maribor nil, Liverpool 7. 7. I, if... thought you, I thought you said start with happy news. Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> One of us had to win on a Tuesday night, Jesse. Oh, oh, I have to go. <laughs> Look, it was... Uh, yeah, we didn't lose. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, Roberto Firmino, Coutinho, the Ox, uh, Mohamed Salah too, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who has now scored more goals in the Champions League than Everton. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's the biggest away win in the European Cup. I think I have team. as well. <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> uh, the first week... Uh, first, um, uh, first win in... in Eight games in all competitions for Jurgen Klopp and his team. Few people were a bit worried about this, weren't they, Justin, beforehand? It might be some kind of banana skin. But you've got a clean sheet. Yeah, and in the end, it really wasn't. Um, Maribor, it has to be said, weren't weren't much opposition. But I understand if you've gone eight or seven without a win, then then you take it and move on. A few people were a bit sort of uh, deriding Liverpool's fortunes beforehand, weren't they? I think a few people were saying this could be quite a difficult game for them. Yeah, I think people are a little desperate for that narrative sometimes when they know there's a chance that it could end up the way it did end up. Although Maribor had had a couple of good results in the past at home. I don't remember who. Did they did they keep a clean sheet there against Chelsea last year or something like that? But Sounds feasible, doesn't it, Ryan? Uh, yeah. Well, Chelsea wasn't uh, in Europe last year, so... Oh, right, right. So you know. Been... But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan and Jesse, what did you make of this one? You were fine. No, um, yeah, this was this was the defense. The, oh God, it's Friday. Um, this was the kind of play that um, 
showcases Liverpool's strengths and doesn't uh, have them rely at all on their defense, which I think is where you guys do really, really well. Although to be fair, um, this could have been one. Are of those we? Big... Are we being fair? You should. I'm be. sorry to realize. You're okay. A, you should be. You're a you know a lady of uh, teaching children. Fairness should be. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, this could have been the sort of team that Liverpool struggled against. You know, packing loads of men behind the ball, so they needed a couple of early goals, didn't they? No, they did, and I think what I think what they did do though is strategize really well. I think with the kind of attack, you know, they realized that they had to attack and keep the attack up. And so they didn't allow their defense to be pressured and, and for those defensive holes to be picked. Okay. Um, are we happy with that kit color? <laughs> are you going to buy one? Uh, no, I did buy, or I nearly bought, um, did I tell you about the Guernsey shirt I bought, nearly bought a couple of weeks ago? Guernsey like the cow? Uh, well, no, Guernsey, the island, it, um, it was sponsored by Specsavers, otherwise I'd have bought it. But I did see a Rafa Varane Real Madrid shirt today, but it was two sizes too small. And no matter how much I tried, I was like Chief Wiggum or something, try my clothes on. <laughs> I liked the, who it's it, somebody for the life of me, I can't remember, is it Swansea is sponsored by Angry Birds. And so on oh, the sleeves, Everton, isn't it? is it Everton? It's like they have very tight sleeves and on the sleeves it says Angry Birds. Yeah, that's, and it that's is Everton. the weirdest it is just so strange. Do you have any Angry Birds, Ryan? Do I have any Angry Birds? <laughs> well, wow. um, so Liverpool next, they're away. It's Jesse. It's the man in the post derby. Oh, it's also the Oivian Leonardson derby as well. Amongst the we should we should live. We should do it live. We should just have our our. We should just sound effects. Do you think we shouldn't actually no. say any words? We should do this by sort of <laughs> sound Moans effects of what we see. Screams and cries. <laughs> Um, well, Tottenham Hotspur are winless versus Liverpool in their last nine. Oh, stop. Nine, Jesse, that's nine. It's strategic. We're it, lulling you into a false sense of complacency. It's at Wembley, where Jurgen Klopp doesn't have Ooh. a good record. He lost the um, League Cup final and the Champions League final. Ah, no one has a good record at Wembley. I thought we talked about that last time. <laughs> Although it could I mean, be the Chelsea fifth... have got a pretty good record at Wembley. <laughs> Shut up, Ryan. It could Sorry. be the fifth... <laughs> It could be the 53rd Premier League ground that Liverpool have won at, which would be a record. Yeah, I think it also... That would go right alongside all those Premier League titles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Justin, I like you. Me now? (laughs) He's a River Plate fan, Jesse. I told you, you shouldn't like him. Oh, I don't like anyone today. Um, (laughs) It's better than Boca, it's fine. Um, Yeah, I don't know, I mean... Danny Rose came back. That was something I was looking forward to, but it's going to be, you know, coming back after a long injury like that is hard. And and we saw that. And also coming back into a team that was pretty solid and getting your position back is not going to be easy. I also am not, maybe it's because I don't like change, you guys. And that's, you know, that's for our therapy podcast on a different day. But lie down, just to help you with this one again. Okay, got it. So Justin, (laughs) uh, I, I just, I'm not sold on Aurier yet. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Help me out here. I didn't see it with uh, Janssen last season. I still don't see it. Maybe he's this season's Janssen for me. But his style of play um, doesn't seem to fit with the team's style that really works for us. I, I think, uh, I think you're right to feel that way. 
Um, it's always it's always a little strange when when successful sides change, and, and it's understandable that you would be a little hesitant and resistant to that. So Spurs have been very very good in pretty much every phase of the game uh, for going on on three seasons now. Two certainly the last two, um, you know, and then there are others who say that you you can't that you can't have stasis. You have to change. You have to evolve. You have to adapt. Um, and, and I do think there's a little concern about the game Sunday because I think playing away from home suits Klopp's Liverpool. Um, I don't think they do well against sides that sit deep against them, which which teams tend to do at Anfield. And so uh, a more expansive game. Bigger pitch as well. Uh, everybody says that. Is that actually true? Have we I, looked at the dimensions? I think it is. I don't think it's by an awful lot. I think maybe it's a bit deceptive on TV, but it's a small amount bigger, I think. What I okay. did notice that I'm not sure if that's true, if this is, if what I'm about to say is true, but it does look like it's true, is that the sidelines are, uh, I'm showing you with my hands, like you can all see me. So just, you know, uh, allow me this ridiculousness of, of Friday, um, that uh, there's more room on the side for longer throw-ins. And I do think we do that really well, that, you know, we we sometimes get pretty good um, set pieces and, and um, connections out of these long throw-ins that... Um, some of our players can do and and Wembley does have like room on the side um, that some of the the other stadiums don't give us okay and uh, also in this group Spurs have... <laughs> Chris that's my favorite thing that you do it's like what? Oh, sure I'll, I'll let you say that ridiculous <laughs> wrong thing <laughs> not acknowledge just move on straight away <laughs> no I've got six pages of notes to get through and I know it's nearly 10 past 10 <laughs> I'm gonna start saying stupid things just to like <laughs> You know the uh, you know the alien that somehow lives on the side of uh, of Anfield and 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 bakes muffins at halftime. You know that guy. I thought you were making quite a good point, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, maybe we're trapped in the same vortex of madness. <laughs> uh, anyway, Spartak Moscow scored four second half goals as they beat Seville four one. So, um, Maribor are bottom in that group on one point, and then you've got Seville on four points, Liverpool on five, who are joint top with um, Spartak on five points. I wrote M stroke CO, I thought that was Monaco for a moment. Uh, group F, which is Manchester City versus Napoli. This was the one that everybody was looking forward to, wasn't it? Two uh, Raheem Sterling and um, Gabby Jesus goals, and uh, a Diawara goal. Who heard about this Diawara boy? Does anyone know about him? <laughs> Van no. City, no, nope. Very, very interesting. Born in Guinea, uh, it was two years ago. Was playing for in Serie C, Italy's Serie C, with a San Marino team. Then he went to Bologna, and then he's gone to Napoli. I thought he was very wow. brave taking that penalty after Mertens missed. Um, Justin, yeah. that was six, I think, no, five penalties in a row, or six penalties in a row with the Edison save today that Manchester City have saved in the Champions League. So he was very brave stepping up, wasn't he? Yeah, very brave. Although it, you know. Remember the stat last year where Claudio Bravo had conceded something like 11 consecutive shots that were on target, but at the same time he'd saved four out of five penalties. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm thinking that correctly, but um, but he that sounds like be... a Bravo thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was never easy to step up and take a penalty. And I was following the twi- I was following my Twitter feed during that match. I was on my way to a training session, and and people were raving about City's performance. And so I was a little taken aback when I saw the full-time score. Um, it sounded as if it was the kind of thing that was going to end up like Liverpool's game. But uh, from, from all accounts, and I watched the highlights, Napoli had a, a, a good second-half comeback. 
Well, they, they were 2-0 up in no time at all, but the Mertens missed penalty seemed to galvanise Napoli um, more than anybody. It can do that. Yeah, it can do. I think you sort of sense of uh, not scoring and sort of pushing you on again. Pep called the performance perfect. Yeah. Um, well, you know, they Didn't do say... did he also say that Napoli was the best... He said something... Maybe it was the Spanish television that I was watching. Did he say that Napoli was the best um, team that he'd ever played against? If he said it in Spanish, I've, he, I've got no idea. Well, I, I wonder. <laughs> I was watching in so many... I was watching streams, so I don't know... I, I don't remember in which language I watched which game, but did any of you guys hear that? Yeah, I saw that quote, Jesse. He did say that. Yeah. Something like to that effect, yes. Was he being... Obviously, being very genuine, I suppose, wasn't he? No, he's being totally genuine. I mean, they, yeah, they no, do, I think he meant they it. Do, play a, a beautiful playing out of the back style it's a little bit risky and uh of course pep's a proponent of that so it, it makes sense to me that he would he would feel that way it's a little self-congratulatory thing to say after you've beaten mm. a team to <laughs> say how great they are because you, you you know but uh i do think he meant it genuinely gabby jesus has been involved in 21 goals in 20 starts for manchester city he last week chris you got on my case and you were right to when we talked about man city and i you know it's the technic. I don't know what it is that I really don't. I don't. I can appreciate them. What they are say? technically I, because I told you that I find them bloodless. I don't. I don't enjoy them. Um, it's it's the Otamendi. I don't know what it is that you know. Mm-hmm. Technically, yes, they're they're phenomenal. Um, they're really really good. But I'm never gonna like them. But Gabby Jesus, I feel. I hope they don't suck out. <laughs> whatever you know what he brings to the table i feel like you know napoli is the opposite there's a little bit of danger there there's a little bit of risk taking and gabby jesus brings a little bit of that back or or into the team and it's exciting and it doesn't fit and it's nice it's 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 fun a little bit and it you could see the partnerships you could see what he's already sort of inspiring and others you could see it with aguero and and it's it's interesting a little bit you know it's it makes it, for me at least, a little more, um, I don't know what adjective, a little more enjoyable rather than just like um, like a like a practice to watch them. I think unless you're a Manchester United fan, you've got to be a pretty mean Grinch not to like. I'm not. Maybe I just <laughs> am a terrible human being. Or you dislike Otamendi just because of where he comes from. Imagine doing that. I don't, I don't know what it is. They're just, you know, they're very good. They really are. They're very, very good. Um, but you know they're going to win. There's nothing, there's nothing surprising. Ryan, I think it's, put, I think it's, yeah, let's hear from Ryan on this one. Oh, no, sorry. Clear. I was just going to ask Ryan, was that their best win in the Champions League for City? Yeah. But anyway, anyone, I mean, anyone can answer that, sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it is. I mean, Napoli are, are such a good side, and obviously they've been playing so well this season um, in the Calcio A, and you just think, for Man City to come along and beat the top team in, in another league says a lot. I mean, yeah, he is being self-congratulatory, as you said, in terms of saying yeah they're the perfect team or whatever but I mean they looked they looked strong um, yeah okay they didn't win by four or five goals like they have most other games this season but I think that's actually more of a testament because of the team they were playing and how they, they it's a dugout result as well yeah sorry God, Justin you were saying oh uh, well I mean uh, I see where Jesse's coming from with this because it, I think it's difficult to look at, at this Manchester City team in isolation without um taking into account the, the recent history, the sudden 
petrol funded investment, the uh, links to let's say not the greatest uh, human rights records in the, in the part of the world that this money came from, um, and and just some of the terminology. It's you know it's frequently referred to as a project, the Manchester City project, and then beyond that. There is an element to, to Pep's teams with all the, the beautiful passing. There are some dark arts involved. He's generally uh, had a player or two whose job was to disrupt any sort of counterattack with a foul. Busquets doing that at Barcelona very effectively. And you could say Fernandinho does that to some degree for City now. Um, but really, maybe the, maybe the main thing is, as Jesse says, you just sort of know they're, they're going to win. And they, they, this is sort of the inevitable conclusion. Uh, end game of all the money investment and then bringing Guardiola in as manager him having now a second year to fix some holes in the side particularly at outside back um, I, I think they're going to canter their way to the league and I do think they'll make a, a very substantial run in this year's Champions League possibly to the final Ooh, you think? I think they could I think they could I, mean, I think you see a little bit of maybe not firing in all cylinders at places like Real Madrid so the opportunity is there Ooh, we heard it here first, folks. Uh, who saw Bernard Mendes' tweets? <laughs> was it was it against someone from BT Sport, perchance? No. Or something um, like, oh, he, he did tweet- that a couple of weeks ago. No, he uh, after Edison saved the penalty, he tweeted a picture of a wall. Um, and then after he then conceded the penalty, he tweeted the same picture of the wall with a little sort of uh, football-shaped hole in the corner. <laughs> uh, next, uh, home to Burnley. This is a clash of cultures, isn't it? Um, Aguero is back and fit after his car crash. Um, there is no Jonathan Walters or Tom Heaton for uh, for Burnley. But this is their best ever start. They got 13 points from eight games and they got results at Liverpool, Spurs and Chelsea so far this season, haven't they? Yeah, they're surprising us. Yeah. Although I think you called them, so... You win. Well, as I said, that's Sean Dyche for you. I think he he's actually such a good manager. And the interesting mm. thing is, obviously, he's now being linked uh, elsewhere. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting to see if, if he does leave, whether actually leaves Burnley. Because he's obviously worked very hard with that team and the philosophy that he's put out there. I think you saw that a little bit last season, despite their away form. Their home form was incredible last season, if I remember rightly. They sort of very, very strong at home, but not so much away. This season that they're sort of putting it together both sides and, you know, shows in the results. He's been with both Leicester and Everton, hasn't he? Mm. Although, obviously, Everton's a little bit of a, a weird one with Coleman still around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Gabby Jesus is 15 goals in 15 starts to the Premier League. Only Mickey Quinn and Andy Cole have ever had a better start in Premier League history. <laughs> yes, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that that's Bryce. Bryce. He agrees. It's my yeah, he's like, oh, Andy Cole. <laughs> uh, Real Madrid won Spurs one. Jesse, it was uh, a Rafa Varane goal, but it was under a bit of pressure from Harry Kane, wasn't he? And then a Cristiano Ronaldo humdinger of a penalty, wasn't it? After some Serge Aurier madness. What do you reckon to this? Uh, is this a bit of a statement by Spurs? Um, I, I don't think a draw is a bad result I think it's if a you very just good result. look at it right so if you just look at it at the scoreline um I do think there were some issues if you look at individual things during the game again I you know Serge Aurier is a concern for me I think you know that that ejection when was that two weeks ago at, 
time. What is time, really? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to see how um, how his style fits in or not with the rest of the team. Um, Danny Rose coming back and and getting up to match fitness. He got you know, a very good we'll reception, didn't he? He did, and I love that. After that all his great. comments, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Wanyama is out for who knows how long now. Um, so, you know, we'll see. This is the Spurs that we know. It's like, who's going to be injured next, and, and what does that mean, you know, for the lineup? But, um, so no, I think I, the draw itself is great. I think that um, so it, it could have been better. You know, some plays could have been could have been better. But that's being a Spurs fan is knowing that nothing is going to be solid and, and you know, you're never going to have Manchester City type um, level of uh, of play. A lot of Spurs fans, when the, t- uh, the announcement um, came through on Twitter as to what the two lineups were going to be, they were very, very concerned. Yeah, they went a little the bonkers, didn't they? They did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was the... The the players that I saw different things. I saw the players themselves. Although I, you know, I like giving a. I like resting some players for when they can be rested. I think that's you know why you have as deep a bench as you can, um, and giving players a shot to get their legs under them. I think that's I appreciate that in Pochettino. I think we saw that with Harry Winks last year. Um, and it paid off. So I didn't have a problem with that. I don't know if it's that the formation was a little bit different. We were worried about how that was going to play out. And, you know, it was a little um, uncertain at times. But again, if you're going to try something new, then I, 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 it's my opinion. And I don't, I'm fine with being wrong on this one. But, like, this is sort of the time to do that than on, like, the match against Liverpool at home. Guys, this was a very good performance, wasn't it, Justin and Ryan? I was... I was genuinely very impressed I don't know with this. that silence and that worries me <laughs> well I mean yeah play very well um, and the thing that's interesting I mean Benzema probably should have scored the chance where he put it straight at Lloris um, I think that's sort of difficult to de- difficult for hit to defend that he shouldn't he should have scored um, but generally they're obviously very very strong mm. Justin what do you rank of it yeah, I, it's, I thought it was a very good performance, and uh, understandably, from Jesse's perspective, maybe you're a little disappointed not to get all three points, considering how much of the game Spurs took to Madrid, and it's a, a little bit of a disappointing penalty to give away. Sergio, you're going in there, trying to make that, that confusing kind of tackle to me, where you're sort of going across the player and trying to flick it away with the outside of the foot, and it's never likely to be very successful, and you're always likely to make contact, and so that's disappointing uh, to give away a penalty like that. But you know, it's 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 interesting to hear Jesse as a Spurs fan say, you know, with a degree of resignation, you know, it's never going to be, you know, uh, to say current Man City levels of of technical perfection. But think how far Spurs have come in the last five years. Um, you know, it's they're unrecognizable in so many aspects of the game. But in the most important one, we used to think of Spurs as being such a soft touch, so weak mentally. If you think back to the years they got in the Champions League the one time uh, under Harry, and then but flirted with it many other times and threw it away on the last day, the the food poisoning day, if you remember that one, <laughs> and just lots of other scenarios over the years of of Spurs being great entertainers, but but a soft touch, and then um, that's all gone now. <laughs> um, right, uh, 
Tony Cruz. Who wants to guess at Tony Cruz's past completion rate? 100. Oh, you're one up. 99. He made 88 passes, only one incomplete. Cristiano Ronaldo is a quick quiz. Cristiano Ronaldo is now third in the all-time Champions League appearances. Who are the two ahead of him? I need to know that uh, we've got to have this the question slightly. Is this does this include European Cup or is this just a Champions no. League only? This is Champions League only. Champions League only, okay. Yeah. Um, one's a goalkeeper, one's a midfielder. Uh, Iker Casillas? Yeah. Okay. And a midfielder. I don't think who it could be. One is, well, the other one, he's Spanish, but he might be Catalan. PK? No. That doesn't make sense. Xavi <laughs> um... <laughs> Alonso? Oh, Xavi Alonso, did you say? Yes. I thought you said Xavi, which would have been the right answer. Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. All Just right. pretend like you said, oh, yes. no, you didn't hear it. <laughs> uh, in Group H, Apoel drew one with Borussia Dortmund. Uh, a little pote goal after a uh, an error by the Dortmund goalkeeper leaves Spurs and Real Madrid clear on seven points with Dortmund and Apoel on one point. Um, group G, uh, Leipzig in a little humdring of a game beat Porto 3-2. Monaco lost 2-1 at home to Besiktas with two... Uh, two Kent Tosin goals, one charisma assist there, Ryan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who saw the foul cow goal? Foul cow goal was lovely there, wasn't it? I, yeah, I saw that. Cow does great things. Oh, he did. It was very good. Uh, so yeah, Bishik great just, little poacher's goal. Yeah. Uh, Bishik just topped a nine points thanks to charisma, Ryan. He's pretty much single-handedly it, gotten there. Do, I was about to say, is it just charisma? I mean, Bishik has shocked everyone, really. Chris, what has charisma not done? Like, you know... My oven was fixed the other day, and I'm pretty sure he did it. <laughs> uh, can I, can, I, can I just make a general suggestion to everybody? Yeah. Come to Besiktas. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> there are nine points. Leipzig on four, Porto on three, Monaco on one. On Wednesday, Benfica nil, Manchester United one, Marcus Rashford. Justin, talk Wait, us through the goalkeeper. I have been waiting all. Yes, oh. I'm waiting to talk to Justin about this baby baby keeper. <laughs> I felt it's, so sorry was, for him. Uh, it was very sad. Um, have you ever done anything a, like that? Good, good example of, of Jose Mourinho's preparation. They, they obviously identified that the young goalkeeper takes a very aggressive starting position. If you recall earlier in the game, they tried to put a couple corners in directly from the corner. Um, you know, forced him to, to tip over the bar, that kind of thing. And uh, so should, so I don't think it was ac- could, accidental. Should he have known because they did that? Or are we giving him credit for for his audacity? Or is this a case of, like, this poor kid goalkeeping in the age of the Internet? And had this been 20 years ago, like, okay, it just would have died down. Yeah, I mean that there is that element. I think we talked about that when I was on the first time. But but if you if you make a mistake now, everybody knows about it, and it's it's on Twitter right away and all that. Um, you know, there's a there's a give and take with goalkeeper positioning. You take that aggressive starting position, then you can you, you've got a, a bigger range to come help your defenders, balls in the air, and all that. It, there's a, a a slim chance that you could get caught out with the ball played right right in on goal and you know the the unfortunate thing for him is he reacted to that but then made the wrong decision about how to actually deal with it um anyone that follows david priest on twitter he did a pretty good analysis of it sort of frame by frame started with his body shape being wrong as he tried to retreat and fix the problem and then ended with him making the wrong decision to try to hold it 
So, but did, did anyone see the lovely little Lukaku moment with him at the end? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. That was sweet. Have you ever done that yeah. in a game where you've caught the ball and fallen behind the goal? You know what? No, but I, I remember one time one was given. I, I, t- I caught a corner um, right near the goal line, and the linesman who was desperate to be involved started flagging. <laughs> and uh, to his credit, the referee waved him off and said, no, no, I had, a, I had a pretty good look at it, and it wasn't across the line. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Romelu Lukaku, the fewest touches of the outfield players, only 37 touches and one shot on goal. Uh, Jose Mourinho said defending is not a crime. They've conceded six all season, which is very good. Well, does it also say anything about Men United that they had this baby goalie, which is terrible that I'm calling him that, but it's the only thing I'm going to call him, in goal, who, you know, clearly they, they knew they could push him, and they did, and they and they only managed to, like, exploit him that one time? Could they have, should they have tried other things? Well, I think it was just their tactics, that? wasn't it? I think Mourinho obviously set his team out. Uh, a bit like he did at the weekend, very sturdy, sort of almost don't do too much because I th- Mourinho even said after the game, you know, we knew we'd hit him on the set piece or, right. or wrong shots. So why why overexert yourself, waste a lot of energy um, when it's sort of like if you stay defensively strong and you don't concede, um, but you know that eventually you'll get a corner or a free kick uh, where you'll be able to punish the goalkeeper, which obviously they did. Yeah, well, they've had a perfect start. They're on nine points. Basel uh, on six. Basel beat Seska uh, Moscow two 0 away. Who saw any of the goals or any of the action from this game? I saw the first goal. Um, is it was it Zaka or was Jacka, it Yeah, yeah. Good hit from him. Yeah, you didn't see Basel do their best not to score. It was Oberlin yeah. that finally scored, but they yes. seemed to do their very best not to. They kept tripping over the ball and threw on yeah. goal and things like that, he, didn't they? He was through on goal and he like tripped over. Then he managed to sort of recover the ball and then tripped over again. But that wasn't just once. It happened two or three no, times, No, no. <laughs> um, Manchester United next have got the Steve Bruce derby at the weekend. They're playing Huddersfield. Um, Marcus Rashford is fit. There were some doubts over him. They could be the first Premier League team to have eight clean sheets in their first nine games. Um, Jose Mourinho has got that's played 39 games against newly promoted teams and he's lost just two. So this is at Huddersfield's place um, and they've had that pretty good start, haven't they? But are they a relentless juggernaut that's going to keep marching on Manchester United? Where are Huddersfield now? They are, oh, they're down in 13th now. No wins in their last five. Mm. Definitely. They're starting to have a touch of the hulls about them, aren't they? They have Sir Patrick Stewart, though, and that cannot be discounted. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But can I ask Justin a David De Gea question? Sure. Okay. So the, I was never a goalie, but I did dance for enough years that like, I feel like I have a sense of what a body can do versus what Gumby can do. Mm-hmm. And David De Gea over the weekend did a thing that I feel like the human body should not be able to do. Um, he... The ball was kicked. He he was he leapt. He was already in the air, sort of curving to his right, and then the ball took a took a turn. And even though he was already curving, he managed to have to like almost fight his reflexes and his direction and move his arm to the left. Can we what throw? Is- Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go I was on. just going to say, can we throw the Larice save into that as well? Because that was something similar as well, wasn't it? <gasps> I love that you, I, I was going to use, yes, I didn't want to do that because that was going to be so partisan, but I, 
I love that man so much. <laughs> such a chiseled jaw, such a such amazing reflexes. Yeah, but you... yeah, it's just um, he's he's so you know I feel like for for the for the shit that he got. Sorry, Jared. There I go. I've made it so far for the shit that he got at the beginning to hair and the shoes that he had to fill. Um, you know, he really he's so good, but also this, you know, he he his he's Barishnikov in the air right now. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. He, it's a different level of athleticism and body control he, that he has. There, there are things that he does on a relatively regular basis. I know Chris, as a Liverpool fan, has probably seen more than enough of them. <laughs> the saves he makes every year against Coutinho, it seems like the, the top hand where the ball's behind the the line of his body, and he's still able to to stretch back and and not yes. just touch it, but 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 you know keep it out of goal. Yeah, that, it's a it's a it's a a different level. I mean, how do you, it, it seems like you you're fighting your own trajectory. Yeah, if, if you're a normal human, and I, I'm not sure he is. Um, <laughs> and I, I do put Larice into the same category of, of shot stoppers, that the two of them are uh, a cut above their special. I, I do think Larice has some um, occasional some foot skill issues that, that, that don't, don't, are not fully developed or as, as good as he could be in that aspect of his game. But in terms of the pure shot stopping, De Gea is better than than Edwin Van der Sar ever was, and I, wow. I say that as someone that admires Van der Sar tremendously and is one of the best goalkeepers of his generation. But but at this stage, anyone that that thinks that Slim Ed had the capability to make those sorts of saves, he didn't. He was a normal, excellent goalkeeper. De Gea is a. Um, you'd almost say prototypical sort of different new breed athlete. Um, it's a different body style, the long, lean, um, loose-limbed. He and Larice both, you would swear that they, there's no need for them to ever warm up or stretch or anything. They're just so naturally athletic um, and flexible and agile. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to see, you know, you and and... and people picking up on things like that because I'm shaking my head in amazement on, on a weekly basis at some of the body control stuff. Now, specific to the, the foot save stuff that he makes, you know, he trains for that. Um, that. That's not just an accident. It's not just a weird thing that he does. When when he was first at Manchester United, the goalkeeper coach, David Steele, he recognized that that was a tendency that De Gea had, and so he developed a lot of activities to specifically train it and refine it, and so now you see it as a, as a real regular part of his, his game. We've come a long way since John Burridge, haven't we, Justin? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, with, with the goalkeeper training, what it used to be and what it is today, I like to think it'll still evolve and continue to move forward. But um, it's certainly come a long way from the, the dark ages of just firing shot after shot. Do you ever practice in the front room? You get your partner to throw oranges at you? No, uh, <laughs> you know, I know that, that budgie story and he dove over the, the kitchen table and all those things. Um, uh, I think he also talked about going out and diving on concrete to toughen himself up. That's right, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Oh. Hey, he played Premier League football at 44, didn't he? He did. Yeah, so it must have worked. Uh, Group C, Ryan, this is you. Step forward, Chelsea 3, Roma 3. Um, oh. Should we skip this? Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> it's okay. It's going to be fine. Sit down, get a comfy couch. A point, all things considered, was actually really good because I, I thought we were actually really poor. 
that it, we were we went two 0 up, but it was the only two chances we had. Um, Lovely one too that Louise played with their defender, wasn't it? <laughs> David Louise is, is really good at that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I did. Louise's goal was great. A bit of fortune for the Hazard goal, but generally I, I thought Roma kept us in our box uh, for a majority of the first half, and it wasn't a surprise when Kolarov sort of smashed it past us. Um, Asperlaquetas had a really bad couple of games, which is surprising for him. And I mean, the, as much as I hate to say it, the Jekko volley for Roma second was absolutely scrumptious. Why do you hate to say it? Because I, I that's you know, a good word, Ryan. I know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just Jekko used to play for Man City, didn't he? I, I got a thing about Man City, and but you don't like seeing, <laughs> seeing your team concede goals. Uh, and then Jekko obviously scored the header. Uh, I think very fortunate to, to get an equaliser. From a hazard header, which is not something you hear every day. No, he looked surprised, didn't he? He kept touching his head as he ran off to celebrate. <laughs> uh, David Luiz's last seven goals have all come from outside the box. He strikes yeah. the ball unbelievably well. Yes, he does. He does. Um, can we read anything into two ex-Premier League players scoring against Chelsea? Two and ex-Man, both ex-Man City players as well. Yeah, I mean... The, the, fact, that and the fact that he's playing the Premier League, um, does that mean anything? No, I I... it'll be really interesting to hear their revenge musicals in the 2018 West End seasons. <laughs> um, and I'm excited for Mourinho's singing abilities to come. No, no one, just me. Uh, okay, just fine. you, I'm afraid. Uh, keep going. Mourinho's right. <laughs> <laughs> obviously been in the news again because apparently he's had a bit of a pop at other. Managers, I don't know if you've seen this. They cry about yeah. injuries. Who is surprised? Raise your yeah. no one. Great. Which I think Conte has now said he needs to get over Chelsea and just move on. Because yeah. over the past few weeks, he's, he has made a few comments about Chelsea in particular, where it's sort of like, you know, we're not really even title contenders with you right now. Is it relevant? Can you Probably have an injury not. crisis if you've got 973,000 players out on loan? <laughs> yes, apparently so. I tell you what, that's the thing that really hurts right now is that you know Batshuayi's been looking quite bad. Unfortunately, I really want Batshuayi to do well. I mean, when he came off at the weekend, he was obviously very disappointed in his performance. And then you you look across and you got Tammy Abraham scoring two for Swansea. And... He scored eighty percent of Swansea's goals this season. And then obviously um, in the Everton game, which I'm sure we'll come on to, Bertrand Traore, who left on a transfer, is not alone, but he's he scored and he looked impressive. And you've got all these players out on loan and you think, you know, we've got all missing midfielders. I mean, Matic going, again, on a transfer, but we've now pretty much only got Fabregas and Bakayeko and Fabregas can't play probably three games in quick succession, I'd like to think. We, we, Danny Drinkwater's back in training, but yeah, an unknown quantity in Chelsea's. Um, Eden Hazard scored his first Champions League goal in 952 days. That surprised me. Yeah, I'd, I was surprised uh, when I saw that. It, obviously, it was the first goal of the season, but it's sort of two, three, well, three-ish years. Mm. How many actual games is that? Do we know? Well, there was none last season, was there, Ryan? <laughs> no, yeah, that, that, that's why the day count isn't terribly significant to me. It sounds impressive. Mm. That sounds like a long time, but if you're not actually... Playing Play, Champions League yeah. games at that time, your opportunities to score are somewhat restricted. I suppose. I, I think it was also, last year. It was in the group stages of the the season we were in it last. And he's different from you know a couple of years ago the way that he was 
rightfully described as playing, you know, lazy until he wasn't only running when he was scoring. You know, he was contributing a little bit more than that. So I think he was doing slightly more than just scoring goals when he had the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Dzeko, uh, very much maligned Eddie Dzeko. Who read his interview this week in The Guardian? I did not. If you, I did not. I don't know. If you get a chance to have a look at it, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, he scored 100, uh, sorry, 100 Roman appearances. He scored 59 goals. He's, um, he's been very much maligned, but he is a wonderful player. Um, Chelsea, next up for them is the Gianfranco Zola derby against Watford. And if you're after another interview, after you've read that Edin Dzeko one, Ryan, you can have the Richarlison one in the Telegraph. Um, they asked him if he gets nervous before a game, and he said, no, someone once put a gun to my head in the neighbourhood where I'm from, so I don't get nervous. <gasps> <laughs> Perspective is good. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Watford have had their... Um, a very good start to the season, but they've got a few injury players out. They've got Chalaba, Kabul, Isaac Sassessa all out. They've not won at the bridge since 1986, but they've got 10 points from possible 12 away from home this season. Are they going to get a bit of a Troy Deeney roughing up, Chelsea? Definitely. I think it, it's going to be really interesting. I think this could be the, the potential turning point in terms of it's been going, obviously, not very well the past couple of weeks. I think if, if there's a loss here, I, I think that's going to be the, the, the sort of the turning point of it going very much like a um, couple of seasons ago mm. with Mourinho. I mean, Ancelotti was at the bridge uh, for the Roma game, I think, he, and that's obviously caused a few questions. Uh, Conte is apparently on several clubs' lists for in the summer. So, obviously, he's not very happy with the lack of transfers, and he's made that more clear this week. If only you so, had a loan think... system, we had a whole load of players there that could jump this... in. That's, I, think, I did see something this week, uh, an article about why Chelsea should just close their academy because it's pointless, which was a good one. Pretty much is. Yeah, well, that's the thing. But uh, back to the game, I think Watford are a very good team. They're actually higher than Chelsea this at the moment in the table. Um, and I think it's going to be a tough game for Chelsea, it, despite you know everything else going but the, What On paper, we should be winning. You know, confidence is low. Players are out injured. It's not going to be a very easy game. Justin, what do you reckon this one's going to do? Back-to-back losses, I think, for Chelsea in their last two Premier League games. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of belief Watford come into this game with. There's every reason that on current form they should they should go to Stamford Bridge and feel like there's there's a result to be had there. Historically, many of those players will have nothing but bad memories from a, from a trip to Stamford Bridge. And so it's always interesting when you see a team that you think of as a second as a, as a bottom half side off to a good start, at what point do they really genuinely carry that belief? That was what we were always waiting for a couple of years back when everyone waited for Leicester to drop off and they never did. For me, I remember when they went to uh, Man City and, mm. and from the start of the game were on the front foot and all that. So the things I would be interested in seeing is the little signs of belief, like outside backs getting forward, joining attacks, um, people trusting their teammates, not always thinking, you know, worried about shutting off counterattacks, that sort of thing. I mean, Ryan's right. It can. There's every chance it can be a, a difficult game for Chelsea, and playing at home puts a little bit of an uncomfortable onus on them to carry the attack, and that might be something that, that Watford will look to exploit as they've done in their away days so far this season. Okay. Uh, finally, rounding up the Champions League, Group B, uh, Bayern Munich beat Celtic 3-0. Um, like Brendan Rodgers did say he would be happy with third place in this group, and you can't blame him for saying that. Uh, and Anderlecht lost 4-0 to PSG. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, 
uh, Angie Di Maria, Neymar, and Edison Cavani. Although Edison Cavani did have a big miss, though, Jesse. Ah, uh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a PSG you to- know it's going to happen <laughs> I knew you'd You're bite at that <laughs> Jesse as, as a as a Uruguay a person with strong Uruguay uh, supporting tendencies you you know when we mentioned when, when, when Chris mentioned me and River Plate you know we've had a couple of Uruguayan legends at River I know oh. that's why better than Boca you have one now yeah yeah we do we do but you know, it was uh, it's it's Sebastian. It was Sebastian Abreu's birthday a couple of days ago. <gasps> Forty-one. Yep, yep. Hard to and believe. And he scored the game winning goal. I love that man so much. He gives me. He's from the town where my family's from. He's from Utah. Okay. Um. You know, he, he, he had a, a he had a bit of a terrible time at River, but everybody loved him anyway. I don't know how you couldn't. He's an impossible man not to love because yeah. he's so he earns his nickname El Loco. He's really yes, he bonkers. Yep. But in the that, that panenka. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, as a goal, it's probably not like as a goalie. I don't know what you think of the of the cheekiness of the Panenka, but but I, I admire it. I admire the courage to try it because nothing w- would look worse. You know, nothing w- looks worse when it fails to come off than a yeah. Panenka. The goalie just stands there and catches it. So if you if you got the courage to try that, more power and to he you. Just he's so great. I mean, he will keep playing until for, and he'll play anywhere. Like he will yeah. be so happy yeah. playing and like you know the. I don't know, fourth league of Detroit just because it's yes, playing. Yeah. Maybe he'll go to Detroit City, yeah. 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 There you go, guys. Justin distracted me from my edit to Cavani Red. So thank him. Send him a basket of cookies. Well, PSG top of that group at nine points, then Bayern Munich on six, Celtic on three, and Electron on no. And finally, uh, Barcelona beat Olympiacos 3 1. Uh, Nicolas scored at both ends for Olympiacos. Uh, Messi and Digne. Did you guys see the. Um, the poll or something and be in sports that was like is this the end for Barcelona well Gerard Piquet did his best for that didn't he who saw his red card <laughs> <laughs> oh that's such brilliant shithousery uh, I wasn't sure he meant it because that's for the Everton game I wasn't sure he meant it but he did sneakily go off and celebrate didn't he he definitely meant it <laughs> I mean his hand definitely goes behind his body and then comes up when the ball is there <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally Juventus beat Sporting 2-1 uh, Alexandro with a rather unfortunate own goal who saw this was it the one with so the goalkeeper saved it and as Alexandro was running back to try and yeah. get back just hit him and just rolled into the net exactly and Pjanic and Mandzukic for uh, Juventus so Barcelona on top of that one then Juve 6 Sporting 3 and Olympia cost 0 points um back in the Premier League West Ham are currently playing Brighton in the Bobby Zamora derby uh and it's now currently 2 0 to Brighton Hove Albion. Um, um, sorry, it's 3 0, Chris. Oh, 3 0. <gasps> Yay! I'm watching Brighton just got a penalty. So well. Pulisic out. Zabaleta gave away a penalty and, and it's 3 0 now. Oh, good. I've had Anthony Knockhart in my dream team all season. Was it him that scored? I don't know because I couldn't name a Brighton player if they were all <laughs> in my living room. <laughs> well, I will name two right now, and it's Hemet and Kyle who they played without, and they still won last week. And that, I think, is really. A turning point, and and great that they're starting to coalesce this way without relying too much on on two players in particular. This and I fucking love Bruno as bonkers as he is. Did you guys see that that ridiculous yellow card that should have been a red card in the box the yes. other day that led to the penalty? What are you doing, Bruno? <laughs> what are you doing? Everybody's leaving. They're showing. They're showing the uh, the supporters all sort of streaming out now at three 0 Excellent. Wonder- Interesting question, Bilic, <laughs> who's going to go first, Bilic or Coman? 
Because I think Billy, this is Billy's on his last leg, surely. Yeah, uh, yeah this... that, that is an interesting question. Well, I mean, the fact that Coleman's still here today after yesterday um, makes me think that uh, they're not doing anything before the weekend, so, so it could be, could be Billich. Also, are they going to look outside of the normal, like, Martinez, Allard? Like, are they going to find anybody different, or are they just going to keep recycling? Alan Kerbis's name might get thrown in again. <laughs> I just... <laughs> All right. No, I don't you know. have to wonder how much damage has been done to clubs over the years by the phrase, a, a steady hand on the till. Oh, God, mm-hmm. yeah. Just Strong and steady, steady, Ryan. <laughs> Where have we heard Ryan. that before? <laughs> <laughs> that was Theresa May's yeah. sort of... Yeah. Phrase all the way through the election, Justin and Jesse. So let me yeah, you know, as, as Americans, we still can't believe you oh. know how how uh, things went over there in the election. Nothing like that would ever happen here. Uh, we're not. fine. Yeah, everything's, <laughs> everything's, everything's great. great. Everything is great. <laughs> hey, they they know what they're signing up for. Justin, uh, you're in Virginia. I'm in North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm coming down to Virginia just for you know, no big deal. A race. Oh. One, just just canvassing. Who's chasing you? Oh, oh a race race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's chasing me? Just, you know, some politicians that gotcha, we need to gotcha. pick up seats. What's a race? Yeah, we do. What's a race? Oh, mm. it's this country. It's the race that we're, we're fighting a losing battle against uh, fascism. Whatever. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Happy Friday. Hey, there's very <laughs> fine people on both sides. I remember Donald Trump saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Newcastle Crystal Palace, the Pards Derby. Uh, we'll do this one quickly um, because I've got barely any interest in it whatsoever. Newcastle haven't lost. <laughs> Newcastle haven't lost to a team bottom of the table since 1998, and that was Crystal Palace. <gasps> da, da, da. Zaha is back and in and on form, as I would know. So never know. Much to Roy Hodgson's chagrin, I should imagine. <laughs> God, that was the worst what? part. What advice is he going to give them this time? What part of their bodies are they going to run off? Well, they've already done their bollocks last week, so... <laughs> Wayne Hennessy's back, Justin. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's that <laughs> same enthusiasm I should imagine most Palace fans have for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's an okay goalkeeper. Yeah. Better uh, than me. Well, you say that, we couldn't possibly comment. I don't think he is, is he? I don't know. Do a, no, I don't think so, actually. Do you ever look at players and think, well, I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, not so much just goalkeepers, but outfield players as well. Do you ever look at them? Wayne, Eddie, Wayne ever look Rooney, at them? Say Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney. Do any of you ever look at a, a player and think, well, I'm better than that, or I could do that just as well, or, you know. The thing is, I could probably do it for about the first minute, and then I'll start, like, <laughs> wheezing, and I'm like, I'm done now. You know, Sometimes, it... but then like they have to play against Kolarov, and I would just quake and fe- I'd be like, oh, he's going to start singing the Christmas <laughs> songs, and I would I would start crying in fear. <laughs> uh, Stoke versus Bournemouth. Uh, Zed and Shakira is a doubt for this, which is one reason not to watch it. <laughs> it's no the most interesting player on the pitch. Is you never playing. know when Peter Crouch is going to score a goal. That's the thing with Stoke. You have to watch. Well, Peter Crouch is one goal away from being the all-time Stoke Premier League goal scorer. Who's ahead of him? Stoke uh... Defoe. No. Uh, oh, uh, Kevin Phillips. No, that's Sunderland. I'm sorry. No, he's got to be a Stoke player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... 
Is that Jonathan Walters you said there, Jesse? Is it Jonathan yes. Walters, Chris? It's yeah, Jonathan oh, it Walters. Is. I said it first, Ryan. <laughs> well, you, you... Remember, I'll edit that bit out if you did. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saints West Brom. Oh, West Brom, just in. I've got doubts over both their goalkeepers. Uh, ben Foster injured himself playing in the garden with his son. And Boaz Myhill's got a doubt as well. What happens I now? Yeah. Boaz, no. Stuart you Taylor coming. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, third choice. Yeah. They finally have to put a football kit on. Yeah. <laughs> Why haven't they, have they got a fourth choice? Do you, do you go that far down? Yeah, well, most likely there might be one out on loan, or um, you may have... You, you, they can petition the league for an emergency loan goalkeeper if they get into that, that situation. Where do those people come from? Like, Is there like a rent a goalkeeper? <laughs> you, it's no, funny I, you say that. I, I, MLS I maybe, it, sort of. Yeah, Major League Soccer actually has an emergency goalkeeper pool, if you can believe it. Um, it, it'll be five or six goalkeepers that didn't get signed um, in the, the preseason training camps and all that, and that they draw from them in situations like that. I don't. How think often do those from, people play? I mean, so I've got a friend of mine, David Winner, who who had a career as an emergency pool goalkeeper, and and uh, he just kept getting signed by different clubs and ended up playing close to seventy odd games. Um, so so not too bad in the end for him. I don't believe the Premier League has the same thing because, of course, all the clubs are not in MLS. They're all owned by the league. Um, hmm. But but there's normally, generally speaking, you can get an emergency loan goalkeeper just from another club. Some, some club that you've got, you know, other players out on loan with or vice versa. You've got some of their players. They've got some of yours. And the, the managers just make quick phone calls and get somebody in. doesn't happen often, but it has happened. You stay by that Chris, phone. Chris, watch out! They're going to call you. Yeah. I, you know, I, I I played Friday. I mentioned that earlier, and nobody nobody uh, followed up on it. So I'm just going to say it again. I played I played <laughs> Friday night in the uh, Orlando City SC versus Tampa what? Bay Rowdies alumni game. Wow. Tampa Bay Rowdies. Yeah. I've heard of them. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, don't mean that in a patron- Sorry, I didn't mean that in a really <laughs> patronizing way. Sorry. <laughs> You, you may, yeah, yeah. That, uh, they, that was the Rodney Marsh's old club. Yes, the, that's right. That's in Florida. Okay. I've heard of that. Heard of right, that. that's right. Uh, I feel like uh, I'm patting your head really patronizing you yeah. there. I didn't mean to yeah. at all. Orlando City or Major League, you know, MLS team currently. In, in, that's Kaká's team, Chris. That's Kaká's team. He's Brazilian. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yes, that's in South America. It's in South America. Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah. I've not been. I've not left Cornwall in a year. I don't. I don't fancy the sound of like the sound of the South America. <laughs> okay, so right, who we'll was? That, that who, I played. So who else in there would we have heard of? In the, so it was an alumni game, was it? So there were many the famous faces. Yeah, there's it, a lot of young guys, guys that retired within the last five or six years. That the the Orlando City goalkeeper who was meant to play most of the games, only 33 years old, Miguel Guiardo, he pulled his calf about 20 minutes in. Ow. And so it was left to me and Lucy Offie, who's 60 years old, played in oh, the old, wow. old NASL. He and I finished finished the game out. Um, it went all right. We got thrashed, but but the only, I gave up two. They were both deflected. Um, so I was pretty pleased with it in the end, really. Yes, excellent. Sorry, you didn't say the importance. I would have uh, followed up on that if you <laughs> it wasn't that little one in there. I, I, I put a, a picture or two on, on YouTube. It's funny, as a River fan, I've always been jealous of the atmosphere that they get to play in front of down in South America where nobody cares what you bring into the ground. And so the Orlando City supporters groups <laughs> did that. It was all flares and fireworks and smoke bombs and um, all that stuff. And it was an absolute blast to play in front of that. Does that distract you in any way? It's funny because there was a free kick 
Um, and directly on my eye line behind the ball, the other end of the ground, they, they had the flares going right at that moment. And I actually had one of my players go stand behind the ball, 10 yards behind, to, to sort of block um, that my my eye line of the, the flares because they're extremely bright. I don't know. not, not they don't doesn't show up on TV as well as in real life. It's an incredible, sparkly, incandescent brightness to it, and it's it's hard to see anything in the foreground, so... I set a little reverse wall up. Cool. I have to move seamlessly onto that to Craig Shakespeare. How do I do that? Uh, some uh, sort you of say something in iambic pentameter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's Leicester versus Swansea, and there is no shaky Shakespeare. He's gone. Uh, something, Something's rotten in the state of Leicester. I, used, hey. I spent the first 30 years of my life in Leicester. There's more than something rotten there. <laughs> There's a great many Jesse, things. Do you, do you know Tommy Smythe, Jesse? The the yeah. Irish. Yeah. Okay. So the, ever since Craig Shakespeare's been the boss, that been came in at Leicester, he keeps making these these little literary references, but they're frequently wrong. He <gasps> he, he he keeps saying uh, with, with when Shakespeare came in, he would keep prefacing any Shakespeare discussion with it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, which of course is okay, Dickens. That, oh, that kills me. I finally that called in. So I, finally, I finally phoned in to and told them that. Yeah, yeah. You do that. That's great. You get to do things like when you got the blue check, Chris. You yeah. Like uh, yeah. Are you allowed? Oh. To, are you allowed two hundred eighty characters now? Am I allowed to what? Are you allowed two hundred eighty characters now? No, I, I don't have that capability. I don't think I'd use it either because everyone that does it, I instantly dislike them. <laughs> yeah. Where do you stand on writing? I'll threads? try not to do that when I get it. <laughs> Where, where do you stand on writing threads? What I don't do that either. I use Medium. I actually did that just the other day. I had a Neville Southall story, um, how I got him to blurb, put the cover blurb on my book. And so I, I wrote it on Medium and put a link on there. And I, I think maybe eight people clicked it. I mean, you get more views if you do the thread, but I just find it just a tiny bit obnoxious. Neville Southall was the reason I became a goalkeeper. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he was quite the man. He was fantastic. In fact, he was on yeah. TV a couple of years ago, um, and obviously he's filled out a little bit since his retirement days, but he did some charity game on TV, and he pretty much could have filled the goal, but he still got those reactions. He was yeah. a fantastic keeper. Guy, he was just the best, absolutely the best. Uh, and I think he was the best of the world in the 80s. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, can we do another podcast about Neville Southall? <laughs> you could start by going and reading my medium story i will do and then we can talk about neville southall afterwards i'll definitely do that uh, such a lovely guy on twitter he is he's fantastic yeah. isn't he he's fantastic yeah. oh i loved him to bits in the 80s yeah he's the reason i wanted to play in golf but he was amazing um speaking of everton everton arsenal the martin keown derby um who saw last night just the, the <laughs> best shit housery i think i've seen all, like all year has anybody so else far. seen this I didn't. Only like a whole million bunch of people who will now have great memories of Wayne Rooney and Ronald Koeman and Everton. Oh, it's not so much that. It all kicked off behind the goal. Ashley Williams was very naughty on the uh, Leon goalkeeper, so it all kicked he should off. Have, he, I think he should have been off for that. He should have been. He <laughs> uh, wasn't so much late. He was probably sort of middle of next week. But yeah, he um, they sort of arrived into each other, and then it all kicked off by the advertising hoardings, and some of the fans started joining in. And did, that should have been the, the linesmen, though, right? Like the well, linesmen. No, I know they, they were behind the goal. Position, so but, right, but okay. Well, there, there was a fan holding his <laughs> child while throwing punches. That was impressive. <laughs> no. Honestly, yeah. put Everton fan into Twitter and it shows this man who appears. His, his child's so young, he's still got a dummy in his mouth and starts <laughs> throwing punches at the Leon the goalkeeper. 
pacifier. Oh. Um, and he starts, throwing, um, he starts windmilling at the Leon goalkeeper <laughs> while he's still holding his child. Then Ashley yeah. Williams gets dragged away, but he's obviously riled up, even though it's his fault to begin with. Yeah. Honestly. He's just really upset at the bad <laughs> So So it all, it all kicked off. Then Ashley Williams scored, but after he'd scored the header, he then pushed another of the players as he sort of like went off to celebrate. That was a great idea to begin with. And yeah. then two minutes later, he got mugged off down the line, and then they scored. <laughs> All this after a Nabil Fekir uh, penalty. Nabil Fekir is the guy who I sent the link to, Jesse and um, Ryan, who scored that rather monumental goal I showed you earlier on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember that so one-on-one against Ashley Williams, uh, Ashley Williams did all this after almost killing Robin Van Persie a few years ago. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <I> killed the lad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's got issues, is not he? Uh, ironic seeing <laughs> as um, Arsenal played Red Star Belgrade that this should be the uh, the violent game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arsenal have got Ramsey, Sanchez, and Koscielny fit. Pretty much everybody is injured for Everton. Looking at the Premier League website. Um, there are red cards in three out of the last four meetings in this game. Everton got a pretty good record against a home against Arsenal. It's 15 years since Wayne Rooney scored that goal against Arsenal, Ryan. You were in short shorts then, weren't you? Short trousers then? <laughs> probably, probably, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Do you guys remember that? I, I remember it. How old was Wayne Rooney then? He was, he was 16. 16. Only oh, my God. We got the one where it's like, remember the name Wayne Rooney? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. There is a really, really good article in the um, uh, Guardian this week, and it's lots of ex-Everton players and coaches, people like Colin Harvey, David Moyes, David Unsworth, um, Michael Ball, people like that, saying the first time they saw Rooney when when he was 12 or 13. It was was really, really good read if you get a chance to uh, have a look at this. Some fixtures going across uh, elsewhere in the world this weekend. We've got Le Classique um, at Marseille this weekend. Marseille versus PSG. Uh, in Spain, Barca versus Malaga. Valencia versus Seville. Italy is Napoli versus Inter. Ryan, we've got to decide between uh, Napoli versus Inter and PSG Marseille on BT Sport on Sunday night. Napoli Inter. Do you think? Because yeah, I mean, I mean the, the Milan derby. I mean, Mario Cardi. Oh, yes. brilliant. Yes, I, I'm te- I'm erring towards PSG Marseille. Um, uh, it's CSK Zenit in Russia. And Ryan, have you watched any Australian football yet, as instructed? I actually haven't. No. For crying out loud! Right, you got another chance this weekend. It's the Sydney Derby, Sydney SFC versus Western Sydney Wanderers. Okay. Right. You told me twice you're going to watch a. Uh, I, I, I I I watch the highlights because I probably won't. When's it on? Tomorrow morning. What time? Oh, depend. Well, the big game probably starts about quarter to ten in the morning. Okay, that's 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 probably fine. Yeah, so this one might start then, but check your listings. But okay. worth watching for Milos Ninkovic and his little needle through eyes or passes through eyes of needles, <laughs> whatever the metaphor is. <laughs> it's late, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, you have to watch one of these games because you keep saying you will. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm a bit of a letdown, really. Oh, lawn situation. It's just, I'll the mow the lawn, I'll lawn. watch the Australia games. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just mention the game again from last week? Maybe. Oh my God. Did you hear this, Justin? No. Uh, Ryan organised the game last week, which is very kind of him, but he got the answers wrong in his own quiz. I, I, I didn't get the answers wrong. I used a website that clearly wasn't very good. <laughs> Oh, no. I, I got told it was great listening to be fair so. it was great listening I listened to it walking my dog again and it was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> he needs to build a bridge and get over it 
Yeah. And just watch some A-League football. Yeah. <laughs> Either of you two watch A-League football. He comes on in the middle of the night here. Yeah. Right, Jesse? The, the yeah. games are on very, very late. And so I never know uh, when it's going to be on. I, I've got a few uh, writers in Australia who I follow on Twitter. And so they'll. I sort of know when there's a big game coming up and I'm interested to watch. What sometimes happens is about half of those games are in really depressing, giant rugby stadiums. Mm. And um, even if the crowds are getting a little bigger there, the stadium's too big and too far from the pitch. And that, I just, I just uh, being old, I lose interest very quickly. No, I can understand that. I mean, this one should have a good turnout tomorrow. But I understand, yeah, I understand what you mean. Ryan's going to watch us and watch it and give us all the highlights. He can just tell us. So. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No worries, guys. Uh, right. right. We've got about 10 minutes left, Jesse. So do you want to talk about any Luku? Uh, I, no, I, what I, I don't want to have to talk about it anymore is what I want to say. I want Mark Sampson to acknowledge what happened and admit what happened and apologize without... Um, just apologize it concisely so that she doesn't have to talk about it anymore and nobody else has to talk about it anymore and I'm annoyed that we have to keep talking about it various That's... things yeah various things annoy me about this the performance of them in the select committee on Wednesday uh, the non-payment she's been withheld half that payment unless she was wrote the letter to say that the FAR institutionally racist more than annoys me about this though is um, I got two daughters who at some point would be in the workplace meeting people like these heads of the FA, the quote unquote grown ups as Martin Glenn called themselves, and that really annoys me. Uh, the letter annoys me because she, you know, obviously this is this is endemic, um, and this speaks to so many larger problems. But you know, she did everything she needed to do, and, and wrong. She did everything. She didn't. She shouldn't have had to do what she did, and yet she did that. Um, but she doesn't owe them anything else. You know, no. She doesn't owe them her pain and her story and her time anymore. And they keep requiring her to put herself out there when, in fact, they should be the ones bending over backwards. And this speaks to what, you know, the the hierarchies that keep holding people like her down and nobody is is opening their eyes just enough to realize that and if they did then I feel like enough things would change um not enough some things would change that at least Mark Sampson would be forced to apologize and she would get paid whistleblowers get treated awfully don't they yeah they especially do. the first ones yes you know the 14th one gets treated badly but at least as in company yeah. it is it is unbearable yeah uh justin uh they hired a black actress as part of some kind of role-playing thing uh jamaican voices were used to any luco despite the fact that her origins are actually from africa um, am I watching some kind of awful 70s sitcom? That's that's the thing about it. All the details are so awful that you just, at some point, you can hardly believe it's real. And if this had happened four years ago or two years ago even, um, it, it would feel much more surreal. The sad thing about it is is how normal it feels now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it, 
the week we've had here in the states with that i don't know if you heard about the the congresswoman who mm. um oh heard the the condolence phone call to the widow of a soldier and when language was used that was disrespectful etc and she wasn't believed and nobody you said it's, it's difficult on whistleblowers and the the default response to them is dis, is not to believe them or to blame them um and and then i think the thing even if in the end justice is done in this one specific case, the the thing you can't ignore is how many other things like this have happened where somebody had to make an incredibly painful decision not to be a whistleblower because they had sort of done the equation and what it would do to the rest of their life if they were to do that. Um, and so you don't you hate to think about the, the number of people that have gotten away with this kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's depressing. Oh, it's horrendous, isn't it? Uh, Matthew Side and David James uh, don't come out of this particularly well, do they, Ron? No, they don't. It's just well, that no one really comes out well from it at all. Um, the whole thing's just a bit of a mess, really, isn't it? No. I mean, the other thing is, this isn't particularly uh, a football issue, is it? I mean, do you remember the sort of scandals with um, the sexism of British Cycling and Team Sky Ryan earlier on this year? Yes, I did, yeah. There was... It, 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 as Justin said, it's very no- all of this seems very normal for some unknown reason. It's a, it's a scandal, but it, it's treated as like oh, it's it just because it's a scandal makes it almost like a normal thing. It's also I- very piecemeal. Like you know, this isn't connected at all to the way that black football players are treated in the Italian league or in the Russian league, and so nothing is is or or gay football players are being treated in in the Mexican league and so nothing is being done to sort of overhaul the system that we are forcing people to live in do you know what i kept thinking about during this sort of um a prominent black player with 100 caps is any luca i kept thinking about ashley cole during this a black player very prominent with england similar number of caps Can you imagine him being treated in such a way but you can you absolutely can. I mean, no, maybe not in England, but, like, look at, Mar- at the treatment of Mario Balotelli and look at the treatment of, you know, look at the bananas being thrown on the pitches. Look at the, look at the monkey taunts. It happened in, in Spain. It's, it is, we do brush them off as, like, a one-time incident or, oh, this just happens in the Russian league or, like, oh, this is, I don't know, cultural or I mean they're all terrible excuses but we we make excuses for them or we're so caught up in everything else that's happening because it is so overwhelming to have this like barrage of horror happening every day like we can't focus on just one thing but like somebody needs to and if it's not FIFA then it's going to have to be some you know organization of of individual I don't know players and coaches and people who are just fed up but something needs to change you're right. I mean, the sad thing is, Justin, as well, that this and the paedophilia case that was earlier on this year, which I don't know if you know about or not, it comes from investigative journalism, doesn't it? It doesn't come from um, other people doing the right thing. No, you're right. Um, that There's so much that we know only because of that. Um, and, and that's why um, you know, an independent free press is, is so critical. It's it's the sad thing we have in this country is that so many, uh, so many people have been convinced that that's in fact their enemy. Um, when it, it couldn't be further from the truth. It's, it's really the only thing protecting us from tyranny. If I can say that without sounding too dramatic. 
No, you're you entirely can. right. Okay. You're entirely right. Okay. Mm. Uh, right. Has anyone got any AOB, other business, anything like that at all? Not for me. Nope. Um, I would like. I would like to wish Jesse the best in her parent meetings. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. I'm pretty sure there's Play-Doh in my hair, so I'm going to try to brush that out before I meet with parents. <laughs> I feel like that's professional. Fair enough. Okay. Well, look, we're part of the World Football Index. Um, Man on the Post is at Man on the Post is our Twitter account. Um, I posted from Instagram this week for the first time in many months, so get following there as well at, at Man on the Post. Uh, we're part of the World Football Index. That's at World Football Eye. We have articles coming aplenty. Uh, there's been so far this season. We've had articles from Australia, Italy, uh, North and South America, various other different places. There's many podcasts as well coming from across the globe to do with football. Um, Ryan, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? My handle is at the Ryan Goodman. Okay, Justin, if they want to follow you, it's uh, at Keepers Union. It's Keepers underscore Union. Okay, Jesse, have you been? How do we follow you? Uh, what is it? At Jesse Loesch. At Jesse Loesch. You've been mm-hmm. to the Apple Store yet? I I walked past it. Oh, there were a lot of people in there. I know. I'm sorry. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. Yeah. If you like what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, although what I keep asking Jesse to do is simply walk into the Apple Store and go around all the 300 different devices in there and subscribe to Man of the Post because that boosts up the ratings as well. Um. Ross and the guys might well be back on Sunday to uh, review what we've been previewing here. If you subscribe to us, then it all automatically falls into your iTunes inbox. Uh, If you uh, subscribe on a lesser model on Android, Ryan, then it comes through uh, Podcast Republic or Acast or something like that, doesn't it? Yes, Podcast Republic, Podcast Podcast. Lounge, um, loads of different things on there. That sounds very antiquated. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, thank you ever so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And always remember to keep your man on the post.